So, uh, so my name is Phil. I have a wife called Lizzie, who is out the back with one of our children. And we have four young children. And we moved to Edinburgh up from London about 16 months ago, and we've been part of King's ever since. Um, and we love it here. We feel part of the family, um, and it's just a fantastic uh, church to be part of. Um, so I was very flattered when Luke asked me to talk on storms. Um, so I went home and I, I told Lizzie about it, and her reaction was, well, you look like you've been through a few. Um, I guess she's very good at keeping me humble, um, yeah, which is a good thing. Um, but as a couple, it feels like we've been through um, a lot of storms in our life. Um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. So we've been married for eight and a half years, and we've packed a lot into that eight and a half years. So four kids, uh, we've had six different homes, um, I spent uh, six years to get a degree, uh, lived in two different countries, and changed jobs four times. Um, so we fit, we fit a lot in there. Um, and often it, it feels like it's just kind of wave upon wave, and a lot of that is self-induced, admittedly. Um, but it, it feels like it's been a, a busy eight and a half years. Um, so as I approached my 30s, um, a couple of years ago now, um, I kind of said to Liz, look at that laughter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young 30. Um, so as, as I approached that birthday, we thought, oh, the, the, the 20s have been, have been busy. Let's have a nice, settled third decade of my life. And then we moved across the country and had a fourth child. Um, so again, really put ourselves in it there. Um, but today we're looking at storms in the If This, Then That series, um, which has been a fantastic series. And I was really encouraged by the the words that were brought during the worship today, um, so just pointing us in the direction of joy and God's love for us, um, because a lot of these topics are, are challenging and they can really strike us in the heart. Um, so to have that just reminder that actually fullness of joy is in God and he loves us, um, it's just an incredible way to, to spend the morning just, just looking to him. Um, but we all, at one point or another, will go through storms and there's a, there's a large range of storms, um, so I'm not going to get too specific. But I mean, there's people here that I'm sure have been through things that, that I can't even begin to imagine. And it's a storm that you've had to weather, and weathered it with God. Uh, I'm sure there are some people here that think, actually, it's been fairly plain sailing to this point. Um, but hopefully this will equip you for when a storm comes. Storms can go on for years um, so we had a, a couple in our old church who they heard very strongly, prophetically from God that they were to have children. Um, but year upon year upon year, it didn't happen. And every month, it, it, felt, it felt tough for them. Um, but they really held on to that promise of God um, and clung to him through that storm. And he brought them through. And there's other occasions where it's like a flash flood, where it feels like something's happened. And then something comes and, and the storm is calmed fairly quickly. Um, so there's, there's a whole, a whole range. Uh, but regardless of the storm we go through, um, we want to be all people who draw close to God and who cling to him through it. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll get some direction on that this morning and it will be helpful. Um, so a storm. What is a storm? A storm is a violent disturbance at the, of the atmosphere. Um, so there's, there's a change in the atmosphere. And they're generally uncomfortable, they are unsettling, and for the most part, they're fairly unwelcome. Um, so I, I like to have a fairly organized, 
clutter-free life. Um, and that unsettled feeling comes about all too often, especially with children. So we will spend time vacuuming, putting toys away, putting clothes away. We turn around, and it feels like in a second, it's worse than it was before. <laughs> and I, I don't know how they do it. It feels like a practical joke sometimes. Um, but that is, that's kind of a, more of a storm in a teacup. That, that's not something that, that affects me deeply. Um, but I say there are, there are probably two main types of storm. So there's a storm that comes out of the blue, out of nowhere. Um, and it's unexpected, unplanned, and it can completely blindside us. And if we've not got a good foundation, these are the kind of storms that can, can really rock us to the core. Um, and I'm sure that people here can probably pinpoint some of these that have taken place in their lives as well. Um, so an example for me and Lizzie. So we were, we were been married for just under a year, and we took our first family holiday together. Um, and Liz suddenly started feeling like violently sick. Um, and at the time, she was nine weeks pregnant. So we kind of put it down to morning sickness. Um, and it, it kind of carried on, and it developed over our holiday. Um, so the next day, we took her into hospital. It was about a 40-mile drive to the nearest hospital through country lanes. Um, and every bump and turn, she was in agony. Um, we got there, and after many hours of searching, they, they found she had uh, appendicitis, um, which, was, which could have been bad if we had kind of gone on considering it to be morning sickness. Uh, it could have been really bad. Um, so she was taken to the hospital, um, took for an operation. They said, oh, it'll be two to three hours, it'll be fine, and she'll be back. About six hours later, I was still waiting for her um, by her bedside or where her bed would be, um, just really terrified. Um, and that felt like a real, a real storm that I was in. I, I couldn't control the situation. Um, and it came out of nowhere. It was completely unexpected. Um, and I felt completely at sea. And I, and I wanted to gain control. Um, but what it did was it, it brought me to my knees in prayer. Um, and it brought me closer to God. Um, and thankfully, both Lizzie and Josephine, who turned seven this week, uh, survived. And they're both fine. Um, but that's kind of a storm that can just really out of nowhere, completely blindsided us, um, and it affected us for months. Um, but God was faithful to us, which is incredible. Um, and there are other times when, when storms, they can, they can brew over time, and you can, you can feel them coming. And there's kind of a tangible sense in the air that actually, oh, that there's a change coming, there's a change of foot. Um, I think we felt it heavily in this country over the last few weeks and months. Um, with the election and things that have gone on in Manchester and in London. And, and actually, there's, the atmosphere of the country feels a bit different. Um, and really, when we can see these things coming, the best-case scenario really is, is we can prepare for these things, or some of these things, but we can't stop them happening for the most part. Um, so again, we need to have this, this good footing in Christ so that when the storm comes... Even if we can see it coming and prepare for it, we're, we've got the right roots there. Um, so in Edinburgh this week, it was, it was unseasonably hot, even for Edinburgh, on Monday and Tuesday. Um, but on Wednesday, the whole of Wednesday, there was a, a sense that, that something was coming. Actually, the heat was breaking. There was an increase in pressure. Um, and in the evening, the storm, the storm broke, didn't it? And there was thunder and lightning and torrential rain, certainly where we were up in the hills. Um, and, and we could see it coming, but there's nothing we could do to stop it. It just kind of happens. Um, but we, we took refuge in the storm. Um, 
And uh, when we moved up to Edinburgh, even, we could sense and know there was going to be periods of, of loneliness where we missed our friends. We knew the kids would be unsettled. And again, we could prepare for it. And we could get our footing right, but, but we couldn't stop it. Um, so I think how we react to storms that we know are coming is, is really key as well. And God uses storms, which is really key. So storms give us direction, they can give us clarity, and they often build our reliance, our faith, and our trust in God. Um, so even though storms can be unwelcome, actually the fruit that come out of it, just like the rains come and water the fields, is, is spectacular sometimes. Um, and Matt Chandler, who leads a church over in Texas, said, the greater your knowledge of the goodness and grace of God on your life, the more, li- the, sorry, the more likely you are to praise him in the storm. So actually, we get these key things, we get these cornerstones in place, um, then we're more likely to be able to see him and praise him and rejoice in him no matter the circumstance that we're going through. Um, so, storms. We're going to read... Mark verses 4, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, which is a story that will be familiar to many of us here. Um, so Jesus had spent the day teaching to a large crowd um, and was understandably exhausted um, at this point in the day. So it says, That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. That's the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Unbelievable. God commands the waves and the wind. And uh, when a squall comes on, which is, uh, again, a very high-pressure wind that comes and often brings flash storms, um, God can command even that, which is just such a a great truth. And we're going to look at four truths um, that are going to hopefully help us have good footing when we're in the midst of a storm. So the first one is that Jesus is with us. Amen. The Sea of Galilee was quite a, a small sea in relation to other seas in the world. Um, and it was one that was likely very familiar to the disciples who were fishermen. Um, but it sounds like when the storm came, there was a, a widespread panic on that boat. Actually, it, was, uh, it got to the point where saying, do you care if we drown? They, they didn't react in a way that, that maybe they should have done. Um, and they, they almost, you get the sense that they, they felt almost alone in it. And we can feel that in storms. Uh, we can feel like we go in it alone, whether that be as a family or as an individual or as a, as a group of friends um, or in a work situation. You might, you might feel alone in these things, uh, that no one understands what we're going through. In some cases, they don't. However, 
Jesus was in the boat with them, which was completely, looked like it was completely forgotten by the disciples. Um, and we have Jesus with us. Um, and they'd already seen him perform many miracles, and they're aware of his power, and they're aware of his name and who he was at this point. And I imagine it would be it would been a lot calmer and a lot less uh, distress if they had you know, gone to Jesus a little bit earlier. Can you imagine Peter spitting? Jesus, can you? I think there's a squall coming on. Um, I think it, if they'd maybe got him sooner, there'd been less panic about the boat. There'd be more calm and more peace. Um, and that's really key. Jesus is with us all the time. If we're, in a, if we're feeling downtrodden, if we're feeling like the world's against us, if we're feeling in the midst of a storm, actually, he's the one that we need to go to. He's the one who is with us and for us. And what a comfort that is to know him in all situations. Um, and I say, as part of that, we also have have the church to lean on. Actually, there's people here. Uh, we love each other. This is a real family, as I've already said. Um, I mean, when we, when we moved up, um, Dave and Libby Hill, before we'd even had our possessions, they'd cooked a meal for us, which was outstanding. And it felt like a real sense of God providing for us in that moment. Actually, we felt an instant connection with the church around us. Um, and God's love, the church's love, actually beat our possessions to us to Edinburgh which is fantastic. Um, so it really felt like he had our back then. Um, so he, he is with us, and his church is with us. The second is that God is our refuge. Um, these squalls, as I think the correct pronunciation, um, they, were, they were not uncommon in the Sea of Galilee, which is set below um, sea level, about 200 metres below, in fact. Um, in fact... Um, so, and, but this would have been, it sounds like, a particularly terrifying gust of wind that brought this squall about them. These uh, experienced fishermen who would have experienced squalls before, and, and they were terrified at this one. Um, so I think it's fair to assume that this was a, probably quite a, quite a big one that they were going through, and quite a big storm. Um, and in this storm, they, they feared for their lives. Um, in fact, I, I got a picture of the kind of boat they were likely in. Um, and there's not, there's not a whole lot of refuge there. There's not a whole lot of places to hide in a big storm. Um, and it says that the boat was filling up with water. Um, and there, there was no protection offered there. Um, so they had no refuge in their storm. But we have a refuge and the Bible clearly tells us that we have a refuge. And they had Jesus with them as well. Um, and he is our ultimate refuge. He's the one who has brought us out of the miry pit. He is the one who has saved us from death. That we get to spend eternity with him. He is our ultimate refuge. And in Psalm 91, it tells us that whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Which is a great word, which means almost like a, a massive structural wall in a castle that will protect you from enemy attack. 
um, so fantastic. He, he is our ultimate refuge, and we can know that refuge in the storm, in the midst of our suffering. We can know him as our shield and our rampart. Excellent. Jesus is with us, and he is our refuge, and he is trustworthy, which is the third truth that comes out of this. Um, there's a famous man called Albert Einstein. You may know him or have heard of him. And he says that a ship is always safe at shore, but that is not what it's built for. So ships are built to sail out in the ocean, across the rivers. Um, and it can be easier to stick to the familiar, stick to something that we know. Um, and again, it goes back to kind of trying to do things in our own strength. Actually, if there's something that I know, oh, I can do this, I don't need any help with this, then that's, that's generally what I go for. If I'm like, oh man, that looks scary, and I'm going to need a lot of help there, I'll probably go this side. Um, uh, and we, we found that, um, again, <laughs> in moving to Edinburgh, that's coming up a lot in this preach. Um, but actually, we, we knew, or it would have been a lot easier to stay in somewhere we were comfortable, somewhere that I've lived my whole life, um, somewhere we had an established group of friends and a church that we were connected to, um, but we felt the call of God on our lives. And it's, it's scary. It's, it, it was emotional. <laughs> um, but we knew God with us, and we knew uh, that we could trust him through it. And I know for many here, I mean, there's students who, are, who have just graduated, and actually there's, there's the next step that they're looking for, and they don't know what the next step is going to be. There's doctors here who say, I want to be based somewhere around this region, and it could be anywhere within that region, or not in that region. Um, and actually, that's, the, that's, that's scary, that's stepping out there and putting your trust and your faith in God. Um, when I was 18, God completely changed the trajectory of my career path as well. So I was going to be a physiotherapist, um, and that's, that's what I was going to study, and that's what I was passionate about. Um, I took a gap year where I served a church for a year, and in that year, God clearly shut that door and said, no, this is not my plan for you. Um, and I, I did. I felt rudderless. I felt like there was a, a lack of direction. And it, and it felt a bit like a storm, actually. I'm being buffeted around, and I don't quite know where I'm going to end up. Um, and that was a real moment where I had to, had to trust in God's faithfulness and, and knew that he had a, a good plan for me. Um, and in these times, it's, it's easy to kind of go into, uh, it's like a fight or flight kind of thing. Um, so again, like with the disciples, the, the schools come on, the boat's filling out the water, they're trying to empty it. You can imagine with the buckets, like, come on, come on, let's get the water out. And they're doing it all in their own strength without recognising that Jesus, who can command the seas, is right next to them, he's with them. Or we can completely shut off. And there are times when there's a storm coming and you're like, oh, I haven't got the strength for this. And you kind of bury your head. Um, but generally the storm doesn't go away in those situations. So I would, I would not recommend that. I recommend trusting in Jesus and clinging to him. Um, in Mark 4, verse 35, which we've already read, um, Jesus, he said to them, let's go to the other side. See, that was his idea um, and that was his plan. And being in the midst of God's plan, it, again, it can, be, it can be scary. But we need to trust in him. Actually, we trust in his faithfulness. And 
really cling to him again. Just cling to him because he, he knows the plans that he has for us. Um, but the disciples, their, their trust faltered, didn't it? They said, Jesus, don't you care if we drown? There was a sense of, oh, we don't trust in your ability to save us. We don't trust um, that, that you can make a difference here. It was a, accusatory, don't you care? Um, and this is in spite of the fact that in the days and weeks leading up to this, this is what Jesus had done. He had healed a man with an unclean spirit. He had cleansed a leper. He had healed a paralytic. He had healed a man with a withered hand. He raised a widow's son. Uh, And there's one passage where it says, he healed many who are sick and with various diseases. So they're not even listing them out anymore. He's done that many miracles. Um, But they they forgot about that. And they forgot about what had been before. uh, And they lost their trust in Jesus in that moment. And he'd proven himself to be worthy of their trust. Um, and again, it's, it's really good to remind ourselves of the specific goodness um, in our lives that God has done for us. As you remember, oh, I'm in this storm and I don't know what to do. Oh, I know. Jesus has been faithful before. Jesus has done this before. Jesus has been with me before. Um, and then your confidence in him grows. And it's all about him and not about us. And he increases and we decrease. And, and that is where our faith builds and we know him to be trustworthy. Um, later on um, in the Gospels, uh, Peter, he, he walks on the water. And I can't imagine, this is, it must have felt a bit like deja vu. Like, oh, I've been, the water's got me once. Um, but Jesus invited him out, and actually, he remembered what's gone before. He remembered that Jesus calms the storm, that he has control over the elements, um, and he walked towards Jesus. And then his faith faltered again, and he sunk. But, but actually, he, he remembered what had been before, and that, and that was really, that was a kind of a key moment for me, actually. What has God done in my life? Oh, yeah, so I can trust him now with what's going on. Um, and the fourth truth that comes out of this passage is that God is all-powerful and all-faithful. Um, so imagine if I had been on a boat that was filled with water and someone nudges me uh, and wakes me up. I think I would have pooped myself. I think I would have stumbled overboard or something in the shock of what was going on. Um, but Jesus, was, he was unflustered by the situation and unsurprised by the situation, um, which is remarkable. Um, I think sometimes we, we often, we can, we can humanise Jesus and, and God, can't we? And think, ah, oh, this is what I would do, so that's probably what he would have done. But no, he's so much better than that. Isn't that so good? Um, and his first response was to take control of the situation and command the wind. And that's the power that, that Jesus has, that we can come to when we're in the midst of a storm. I've tried to command the wind before, unsuccessfully. <laughs> so as a, on my cycle home on Thursday, I, I go up um, the Braid Hills, and um, I thought I was going to start going backwards. The wind was that strong, and I felt like I was pedaling to stand still. And, and as I'm battling up these Edinburgh Hills, and the wind is always against me. Uh, it's never for me. And... Um, I admit, every now and then, I try to command the wind to stop, or at least change direction and give me a little help. Um, It's yet to work, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop trying. 
Um, but Jesus, he commands the winds. This is the one who created the heavens and the earth, the mountains and the seas, every living creature and growing plant. And even the winds obey him. Of course they do. He made them. It's remarkable. And, and that, is, that is the man that we can cling to in these situations when we're going through storms. So we had the one who created these things that we can cling to in times of trouble, in times of storms. So we can speak to him in any situation, any trial, any storm. And he knows what we need before we even know what we need. He's remarkable. He knows everything about us. Um, and in Jeremiah 29, 11, um, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. What a, what a promise that is that we can cling on to. Right, so those are the, those are the four kind of things, uh, the truths, I think, that I, I took from this story. Um, but, but weather in a storm is still difficult. Um, and one of the key things of, of how to weather a storm, like I, just to reiterate what I said at the beginning, is, is to have a, a sure footing in Christ. Um, so in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 25, uh, Jesus is telling a parable. And he says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet... It does not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And we need to build our foundations on the rock that is Jesus. But how? How do we do that? And again, I'm probably going to go over some bits that I've already said, but I just feel they're, they're so, such important fundamentals, not just for storms necessarily, but these are just good truths to have in our life, actually to live life by. Um, so we've got, we've got scripture. We have God's living, breathing word. Read it. Memorize it. Get to know it. See, the more we know it, the more we know who Jesus is and the more we can be like him. This is it's just so full of wisdom um, and applicable in so many circumstances. But the Bible even tells us that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. And we have this at our disposal as a tool. Um, and I kind of I think I picture a man with a double-edged sword, and it's, it's intimidating, isn't it? If you were walking along and there was a double-edged sword there, um, I'd step back. Um, and that's what we get to fight the storms off with. Like we, get to, we get to approach it directly. And I was trying to think of like a, a modern-day equivalent. Uh, like the word of God is alive and active. Better than a rocket launcher. But... Actually, I think like the, the subtlety of the double-edged sword still holds so firm um, because it, you can really dissect the situation because the Bible isn't just a, a generic book. It's helpful in, in whatever we're going through. And, and there's, there's passages of encouragement um, that build our faith um, in all manner of different situations. Um, and through reading his word, we get to recognize his truth and, and lean on them. Um, and it's a, really, it's a real stronghold for us. Um, secondly, pray. Like, if you want to have a solid foundation, we need to pray. Being a Christian is being in a relationship with God. And how do we get to know the, the person that we're in a relationship with? We talk to them. We communicate with them. Actually, we, make, we make them part of our lives. We invite them into our lives. 
Um, if I didn't talk to my wife um, and we just handed the kids over all day, then it wouldn't be much of a relationship and I wouldn't know her and I wouldn't know... Um, yeah, it wouldn't be a relationship. So we need to pray, we need to communicate with God, and he helps us in our struggles. He knows our heart. And there are times when you're in a storm and you don't know what to pray. Like You really don't know what to pray. And that's, and that's okay, because we have his spirit, and his spirit helps us to pray as well. And whether that be praying in, in the tongues that God has given us, or whether it's just a simple one-liner, just, I don't know what to say, but please help me, God. See, he loves that. He loves to hear our voice. He loves, um, he loves it when we ask him. Uh, and the Bible encourages us to pray as well. So in, in Philippians, it tells us to, to present ourselves with prayer and petition towards God, and he will give us a peace that transcends all understanding. And what a, what a promise that is. Um, so tell God your heart, communicate with him, and, and you'll have a much stronger footing in God. Um, Thirdly, we have a, a community of believers among us. Um, and there's so many wise and spirit-filled people here at King's um, and people who have likely gone through the same situation or similar situations to what you've been going through who would be, I'm sure, more than happy to meet, talk, pray. Like we're called to be part of a community. The church is God's plan. It's not just a good idea that someone thought of. It's God's plan for us. Um, so let's be part of this wider community. Let's lean on each other. Let's pray with each other. Let's love each other. Um, yeah, so we need, to be, we need to be rooted in that community. Um, and so also put your hope in Jesus. So when we put a hope in ourselves, we're on a sinking boat <laughs> with Jesus right there next to us. Um, he's changed my life. He is my rock He's my anchor. My life would look completely different without Jesus in it. The way I've handled storms. But sometimes I haven't always followed this advice that I'm giving this morning. Um, would look completely different if Jesus wasn't part of my life. Actually, he is the difference maker in our lives. He, he is the one who can change a situation with a single word. As we look through his word... Um, and the power of him just springs out. Actually, we see the miracles that he performs, the way that he saved us. Jesus is worthy of all of our praise, and we can put our hope in him. And if, you, if you're here and you don't know him, I, I would encourage a conversation with someone so that you can get to know him better. Um, because I, I guarantee your life will be different. Your life will be changed my joy, my peace has increased as a result of knowing him. Um, so yes, yeah, so I encourage you, just put your hope in Jesus in all situations. Um, I'd like to invite the band back up. We're going to sing a final song. Um, and as they come, I'm going to give us an encouragement um, that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. Um, so it's in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18. And it says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. 
since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And we have this eternal truth that we can cling on to. We need this daily renewing. We need this eternal perspective. Um, And in the midst of the storm, we need to turn to Jesus. Amen.